This episode of the Flowcast is brought to you by the San Francisco Salt Company. They can be reached at sfsalt.com or 800-480-4540. They are the place as far as getting salt, uh, Epsom salt for our float tanks go. Uh, They have a couple different varieties of them. Um, All of them are USP uh, approved. Uh, one of them is made here in the United States and one of them is made overseas. The overseas one is a little bit cheaper. Uh, so a center that's opening up and has a couple different tanks or float rooms, it might be a little bit cheaper if you, uh, or definitely would be a little bit cheaper if you opted for the overseas brand. But like I said, uh, they are both USP approved. Um, they have two different shipping points. One of them is on the West Coast. One of them is on the East Coast. Uh, so if you're concerned about shipping costs, you know, getting to the East Coast from San Francisco, don't be because they have that covered as far as, uh, you know, a couple of different places they ship from. So check them out at, at uh, sfsalt.com or at 800-480-4540 and tell them that we sent you, please. Uh, we are also brought to you by flotationlocations.com. And flotationlocations.com is the place to go to find a float center, um, to find out information about float tanks, to find out information about floating, check out videos. It, it really is an amazing website, and it's becoming a very, very valuable resource in this entire industry. Um, they have a new exciting program out called the Float Saver, so that people um, that are looking to float and they find your float center, if you're involved with them, uh, the the person who found your center can book online right then and there, right from flotation locations, and their float comes at a discount as well. So it's a more incentive to get them in for a float. Uh, so if you're a manufacturer or a float center or just somebody looking to float, check them out at flotationlocations.com and tell them as well that we sent you. And here we go. Hey, what up, guys? I'm Tom, and you're uh, checking out episode 43 of the Floatcast. Is with me uh, as always now is is Hardy, my, my Hardy. partner, partner in crime. What's up, Float World? Hope everybody's doing great. And uh, joining us via Skype today is David from uh, the NeuroFit Center in Detroit. What's up, David? Hey guys, how you doing? Pretty well, man. Not too bad. Yourself? I'm doing great, man. Just trying to uh, keep things moving. Yeah, that's it, man. Just keep it moving forward. It's uh, I don't know. I think a lot of people don't realize that that like. Uh, stagnant when you're stagnant you're just not obviously you're not getting anywhere at all but like it just breeds more of it and then you don't get anywhere and you know so you got to keep moving so it's good to hear that you are <laughs> keep it moving <laughs> I, I just came out of a float feeling great oh man yeah i'm happy too because normally hardy on the microphone uh goes back and forth you know all the time and he's like swaying and i kind of have to like hold him almost like he's like a kid getting a haircut i have to hold him so his head kind of stays at one spot um, mm-hmm. but today he looks pretty uh he looks pretty still right now except i do look like i need a haircut right yeah you do look like you need a haircut actually i'm growing my hair out man all the way to my shoulders oh jeez. You know? i'm getting old man start seeing that receding line and i'm like you know what oh, you got no. one more chance left i'm gonna grow it out <laughs> oh man uh so what's going on over there in uh, detroit man how's how's everything Busy, man. I got a lot of projects in the fire. Uh, so just trying to nail one down after the other. All right. Well, we definitely wanted to have you on because Hardy, you know, Hardy told me a little bit about, about your center and what you do other, <coughs> other than floating. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously this is the float cast. So floating is going to come into some part of it. Uh, but for the, you know, not for the most part, but like what other kind of, uh, you know, modalities do you offer as far as, you know, well, what what we started off with was the um, 
a company, a technology called Brainwave Optimization. This was back in 2007, and that was pretty much our bread and butter um, for the last seven years. Um, so that's that's how we really started, and that technology really helps with rebalancing the brain, uh, body, central nervous system to come out of these stress response states. So um, we have that. We actually switched to another technology called NeuroOptimal, which is kind of similar to the brainwave optimization. Just the technology works a little, little bit different, but the, the goal is still the same, still the brain, balance the brain, central nervous system. Um, so we have that technology. That's one of our, again, that's one of our flagship services. Um, we now also have some fitness services that are very efficient and effective at what they do from ARX um, that's adaptive resistance exercise. We just finally got that in on Saturday, and that's amazing. Yeah, that's I saw actually over the weekend. Yeah, I had some stuff yep. up on Facebook. That's yeah, that'll, that'll change the way that we actually do resistance training. So what exactly, like, all right, like brainwave optimization, like what exactly, what, what, do, you, what do you do? Like what, what is it exactly? Like when a client comes in? Um, well, you're sitting in a zero-gravity chair. Uh, you have two sensors uh, attached to the scalp on uh, specific parts of the brain, uh, lobes of the brain. And those sensors are read-only. So it's not like anything is actually going into the sensor. It's not electroshock therapy or anything of that nature. Um, so while you're sitting in this chair, you have a pair of headphones on like you guys do now. And you're listening to music. And within the music, you hear these slight pauses, skips, and interrupts. And what that is, is when your central nervous system or your brain's frequencies are beginning to move and shift out of the present moment. So it's going into the states of stress response. So when that happens, there's a cue sent to your brain. Your brain picks up that cue, knows what to do with it in terms of rebalancing itself. And that's what helps with uh, bringing yourself out of the stress response. So it's very technical in terms of uh, how the system works, but... For the end user, they don't need to do anything but to sit back, relax, eyes close, and let the process take hold. All so right. it's a very, very relaxing process. So it's similar to the float, float in, in that sense as far as, uh, you know, In terms of doing nothing, yeah. uh, yes. Um, and that's, that's one of the biggest things in terms of the, the nervous system coming out of sympathetic dominance, yes. Um, but those are probably the two biggest things that are similar. What kind of, what kind of benefits do people get from there? Well, I mean, over the years I've worked with everybody, things you've heard of, things you've never heard of from, you know, your anxiety, depression, post-traumatic stress, um, addiction, um, OC, OCD, ODD, obsessive defiance disorder. ADD, ADHD. Um, so anything that's really dealing with the brain and has to that will bring about a um, uh, to exacerbate any type of sim- symptoms, it's going to help with because you know seventy to ninety percent of your doctor's visits are due to re- stress related illnesses. So if it falls into that realm, it's going to have an impact. Wow. wow. So- so I know you put the you put the float you got the float tank about a year ago, right? Correct. All right. So you've been doing this uh 
his other thing for about uh, five years or so. Be nine years in May. Nine years. Wow. And um, do you have reoccurring clients or are you getting new people all the time? Is this, uh, how does this go with floating? Like, do you, do you use this as a complementive service or does it go hand in hand or is it totally different? Well, I, right now I have a brain-body combo package that I do for people to experience it. They can do, uh, for $99, they do the brain, neurooptimal, and they can do a float. They're, they're very complementary to each other. Um, so I have a brand new client base just from floating, um, but a lot of them switch over to Neurooptimal as well. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, do people, like, would they go back-to-back? Like, like, would they float and then they go do that, or they would do Yeah, I have, I have people, like, I had um, uh, a couple women come in yesterday who they just finished a 25-mile uh, marathon, and they did, one did the brain uh, training, and the other floated, and then they swapped over after that. So they both did it in the same day. So you can do that. I often tell tell people if you want to separate the two days, you know, do floating one day, maybe do neurooptimal another day, just to be able to get a, a sense of where you're getting what from what, you know. So you can able to have a, a, a better grasp subjectively of what you're getting from brain training and what you're getting from floating. Okay. But it's there. But there is no harm in doing both at the same time. All right. And another thing another, is like, like my, memory my memory is so bad. So, Would something like this, this brain training, help me with uh, like short term memory? Let's see. The thing about when you talk about anything like memory or. Uh, focus and concentration, um, that's all wrapped up in the stress response. So it's not like we're going into, same thing with floating. It's, it's not like these tools are enhancing something that you don't already have. What, what you have is what you have at this point, right? So um, what these technologies can do, including floating, is is basically sharpening the saw. So if you sleep better, Guess what? You're going to have better memory. You're going to have better ability to focus and concentrate. If you don't, then your natural uh, skill set is going to diminish. So, yeah, it can, it can help with your memory. But the question is, what's going on in your life to cause for you to have short-term memory problems? I got you. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's one of those... It's. You know, it's like we say with floating. Like people say, well, what does it help? And we go through the list of things that it helps. And people look at us like we're crazy. Like there's no way it could do that much. Um, And a lot of it probably isn't that it's doing that much. It's that it's freeing up resources resources in your body that are allowing you to do those other things that much better. And just get, you know, and and excel at them or, you know. And that, and that's the conversation that need to ha- needs to happen um, just overall in the industry for people. And me and Tom, we had this conversation on the last time we talked. We were talking about stress, trauma. A lot of your, your issues are trauma-based, right? And when, when people come in for floating or any service, they don't really know what they're, what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. They don't understand what's causing them to even have these issues, so when they come in and you tell them it can do all of this, they're like, no way. But it's just, to us, 
at this point, it's like, yeah, well, it's just common sense, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, you, if you're magnesium deficient, which 80% of Americans are, and now all of a sudden you have magnesium, you're like, wow, people are blown away, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like if you went, if you went, if you didn't eat for 30 days and you finally got some food, you're like, wow, food. Like <laughs> you, you just have a, such a contrast. And that's, and that's what, why so many people are blown away with floating it because the, the contrast that they have, they're in such a deficit and to get into a tank or to brain train or do anything that's going to balance the central nervous system, it's like almost like a miracle to them. Like, wow, what did you just do? But really, it's just common sense. Right. We just pulled away the stress load on you and gave you ability to your natural resources. Jeez. And it's so awesome that now you have a new group of people that are coming into your place um, that maybe are coming in because you heard about a float tank from listening to a podcast, um, hopefully this one. Um, and now they're like, oh, wow, so what else do you offer? Oh, wow, what's that all about? And then they come in and try that, and they can totally enhance their life and you know further enhance it than, than the float can. Well, absolutely, because for instance, I had a, um, I have someone who's who's been coming and she's been working out with me because we also have our uh, power plate vibration platform training system, um, and she's been training on that for the last, let's say, ninety days, and um, she's just her job is just very stressful, and she's working with my chiropractor too, who I have on on board here. And she goes to her traditional doctor, and she tell he tells her, you know, your 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 uh, your adrenals are shot. The same thing my chiropractor told her, your adrenals are shot, and they're they just they, clogged. They, hmm? I said they they just clogged. Do you think? Well, no, they. I mean, they're not working. I mean, right. you burned them out, you know, from from being stuck in a stress response. So she's been floating, you know, she's been floating and doing those things, and and I had to tell her, I said, look. One, you need you need to stop working out right now. You need to take a two week break from working out, and you need to do brain training. I understand you like the floating, but you need to commit to doing brain training. And she said, "Okay," and she did a session. She came back the next day, bought six sessions of brain training. She said, "I absolutely need to do this because she slept through the night." Wow. Now she's floated before, right? Um, but, but brain training does something that floating can do and floating does something that brain training can do. They're both complementary, but you have to understand when you, when you're, when you're stuck, when your central nervous system is stuck, you know, the, the neurooptimal brain training is really good at unsticking you, so to speak. Right. So that switch back to off. So, and for another instance, I had a you know email about a ten year old kid who has ADHD and a lot of stress. They asked me to do that. You know how how would I feel about putting him in a, the float tank? Well, how old? Ten. Ten. I said, well, you, we can we can accomplish the same thing just by doing brain training. So, hmm. so yeah, they 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 you know they they're they're bringing people in, and again, it's this conversation that needs to ha- be having. Um, be had with people is to understand how what's happening to them because most don't they don't understand what's happening. Yeah, it, it's just the constant stress, and they're they're just stuck in this this state of stress, pretty much. Am I right? 
Well, so just yeah, the state of stress and the state of trauma. Because if you go back, you start understanding that often what you're dealing with is not is not today's stressor. You're dealing with yesterday's trauma, and that can go all the way back to the womb. So, you know, a lot of our traumas even start preverbal. You ever have people come out of the tank and they're feeling nauseous? Yeah, not often, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, what that nausea is is when they're coming out of the freeze response. So. <clears throat> specifically if you've if you've held a lot of tension in your gut most which most people who are stuck in some type of a traumatic pattern that's what happens so when they come out like oh i felt nauseous and i can literally look at a person can tell what type of stress response they're stuck in whether it's the fight or flight response or the freeze response and i had a woman just recently she got out she got out maybe halfway through and i said what happened Oh, I, I was very nauseous. And I can look at her. And I said, yeah, you're in freeze. And I said, so what happened recently? She said, oh, um, she had some very stressful things happening. And, you know, a dog died and some other things happened in her life. I said, well, there you go, you know. Yeah. But when they come out, they, they're scared of it. Because if, you know, if you feel nauseous, like to us, that means you're sick, right? Something's wrong. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what we always associate nausea with. You're right. Killed. But that's a process that maybe needs to happen. Yeah, they need right. she, to release it. Really yeah, need to stay need in the to tank and work that. through it. And, and not needed to, but, you know, she probably should have stayed in the tank and worked through it. That's kind of the only way she's going to get through it. Well, yeah, of course, if she felt like throwing up, then you need to get out. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> definitely don't want that so wait what's the uh so what is the freeze response exactly i'm not too familiar with that uh the freeze response is when you have a sense of helplessness and it can do nothing about the event that's taking place in your life your body is going to go into uh you know the freeze to protect you so literally your body starts to produce more opioids which is the same chemical in vicodin to numb you out and to freeze you from that event so that you can survive it. You start to even begin to disassociate. So, again, so you see something to, you know, uh, horrible happen. You, you, you really, that you can't run or fight. The yeah. best next option for your brain is just to numb you out. Just freeze. Like, it literally freeze. Like, literally, like the deer in the headlights. Well, you see what happened with deer when they see a car coming. Why don't, why don't they run? Yeah. At that point, it's done. You know, the, the brain is like, nope, just shut down. And then you'll find, like, you ever saw Tommy Boy years ago? Remember that movie, Tommy Boy? Was, yeah. They hit the deer. The deer had the deer in the headlights. They put him in a car, and he woke back up. Well, that's that's a good example of the freeze. He wasn't dead. He just froze up where you could barely feel that. Woke up, tore up the car. That and that and that too. That's what happens when you come out of freeze because oftentimes there's a lot of anger. Because what you wanted to do, which is run or fight, you couldn't. So all that emotion becomes stuck in the body and the musculature of the body. Oh wow! So your body is, <laughs> your body itself is like a Monday morning quarterback. It's like, oh well, I shoulda or I coulda, and it's still like kind of tense about what it did or right. didn't do. Right, it has to. It has to complete the process. Wow. So, so when you see these people come out of the tank, you could you could tell which it's. Uh, fight or flight or it's freeze response like how do they look that are like how different are they well, i can tell before they get into the tank that's when they typically can tell but um 
Well, well, typically people who are in fight or flight, the pupils are really dilated. You know, eyes are really big. They talk loud like this. Hey, they talk fast. <laughs> okay. And and I think so I think that's when, because high blood pressure. They typically have high blood pressure. I think uh, when I met Hardy, he was in fight or flight. I was always in fight or flight. <laughs> yeah, so that's where your short term memory comes from. That makes sense. We figured it out on the flowcast today. With you, David. Thank you. <laughs> Burning through your your your, your processes there. <laughs> so so typically, a person is freeze. They they seem very um, subdued. Like they they talk really slow and very monotone, and they're very unemotional, you detached. Know, it's so interesting that you say that because a lot of times. Um, if I meet like a, you know, maybe like a first responder or somebody who came back from uh, who's overseas in the service, um, a lot of times they kind of are one way or the other. They're either very, very like go, 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 or they're very like monotone, like you were just saying, where it's like, wow, this, this guy really saw some shit and uh, yeah. still dealing with it, you know? What the hell's in his head right now? Yeah. Wow. But which is, you know, I, I couldn't imagine. And, uh, but I, I guess. You know, I understand it a little bit more now. Yeah, well, that that had just happened for soldiers. That's happening to all of us. And I've worked with worked with a, a seven year old girl who was stuck in fight or flight from a hospital visit. You Jeez. know, so this this happens in everyday life, and so this is something I educate clients on when they come in, and, and they always get that. Well, how many floats should I do, or how many brain training sessions could I should I do? Well. Let's look at your life. You know, it, when you leave from the float or brain training, are you running back into the fire? And do I have to put you back out again? You know, it doesn't matter how many floats you do. If you run into a stressful event, you're wasting it. Right, right. If you came in to deal with some stuff that that was kind of, you know, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, I, I don't know, holding you back or stressing you out or keeping you in that, that state, if you come in and kind of deal with it, then you leave and you jump right back into the same kind of situation or something just as stressful. Um, just wasted your float. You're gonna go, yeah. You're gonna go right back to it. Well, you know, I want to say a waste of a float, but I would say that your your brain still has to respond. We're not taking away the the ability to protect yourself. I mean, these fight or flight and freeze response are nothing but defense mechanisms. It's the ability to uh, deal with life-threatening issues lion comes at you you run you fight or you freeze based on that threat so that that that's good you need to have that ability the problem is um when you when you're stuck in that pattern for so long or if it's just habitual chronic stress so um, most people are, again, dealing, a lot of times they're dealing with a chronic stressful situation. Think about how many people sit at a job that they don't like for eight hours. Yeah. I mean, that's not easy to do. I had a job, I don't know, for about six or eight months that I, I hated from the second week. And it, it killed me. It like, you know, it legitimately, you know, had an effect on my life and my relationships and everything traumatized you so imagine imagine growing up in a household where that 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 stressor is there yeah so that's that's what we call soft trauma 
you have the hard traumas, you have the soft traumas. So the hard traumas is those one and done events. Maybe you're in a car accident, you know, maybe you saw something horrific, but the soft traumas is being raised in an environment where, you know, your mom or dad was absent. That's something that's consistent, right? They're consistently absent. Right, right. Lack of lack of something from the parent. Um, constant demeaning remarks. You know, you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be anything. That type of thing. Bullying at school. So the thing about that is that this has nothing to do with Tom or Hardy. This is all based on your brain. What it deals, what it thinks, it perceives as threat. So it activates whether you want it to or not. So the same way if, if, if it gets warm in a room and you start to sweat, you start to perspire, you, how much control do you have over that? Nothing. You know, it's it. same, thing with, same thing with stress. Even though most stress is based on perception, I, I would say that you, you can change your perception of something. But for the most part, by the time you're, you know, seven years old, you to now you've seen so much that it, certain things are just triggers and it just it's just autonomic. It's just going to happen regardless of thought. Split second. Uh, wow. Hardy, any questions? Yeah, no, I mean, I want to know, uh, do you have people that work for you at the Neuro Fitness Center? Yes. Mm-hmm. What kind of training do they have to go through to uh, be equipped to handle clients at the way you do? Do you, like, make them have, like, they have to they go don't, that, You know, again, what, what I know um, is not being um, said to every client who comes through the door. This is a, this is a case-by-case situation when I see people, okay. you know. I'm not making it as some, some therapy is it, this is basic things that everybody needs to know. It's like when you get in a car, they first teach you, you know, about the gauges and everything. And and so when you're on E, you're not one of these stupid people on the side of the road with the gas can in your head, right? Well, some people even that even though they knew don't do know the gauges, they still end up like that. But if they went through a class and they taught us about these things, we would have a better way of identifying, oh, I'm in fight or flight right now, and then know what to do about it. So you look at the people who are drinking at the bars or smoking or whatever. What, what do you think they're doing? They're just trying to calm the nervous system. You just That's just the tool you're trying to use it to do it. We're, we're using floating, right? We have a, a, an effective tool to do it. So, um, so I don't have that conversation with everybody who walks through the door or Neither, but 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 the people who are around me, they hear me enough where they pick that up, they pick up that information. Yeah, we definitely. It's it's kind of like the same here with uh, dealing with clients when they come out of the tank. Some clients they come out and it's very obvious they want to sit and talk about their float or talk about you know whatever came up in their float or whatever or talk about your float or you know. And there are some clients that come out and they don't want to talk to you at all. <laughs> they just want that little cup of tea. And they want to draw a picture or maybe just sit there and, and bask in the relaxation or whatever it is. But it's it's definitely a case-by-case type scenario where you kind of have to like – you're not going to go in there and say everything you just said. Um, right. Everyone no. who walks through the door. But if you see a client that comes in and, and they're there for a while and it's, it's obviously got some stuff to open up about, you know, that may be somebody that you'll sit and chat with for a while and kind of – Right. Well, typically, you know, I try to ask my clients what – 
if they, you know, are open to even sharing. And oftentimes the people who are dealing with issues, they're open for sharing because they're, they're looking for help. And I've been one of those types of people before. Yeah. So um, in that case, I can guide them along to the different things that's going to help them. Like I had a woman come in. Oh, I have lupus. Okay, this is what you need to do. X, Y, Z. You know, they come up and tell you that from from day one. Or oh, I suffer from anxiety. Well, I used to suffer from anxiety and panic attacks. I can tell you all about that and give you um, the right way of of doing that to to try to help with that issue. Um, but it's definitely not a. You know, I know, I know, I've. I know of certain centers that that sit down and they they want to go into the full, you know, meta programming and things of that nature, and that's that's not something that that <laughs> interesting in doing. Yeah, it's funny. I I uh, I know of a couple of centers that are, are really like almost almost like look for that, like look to like, all right, let's sit down and, and uh, let me analyze you and analyze your float and tell you what you got going on. And it's like, look, man, like you. you I don't know if that's really the right thing to do. You do whatever you want, but I don't really know if that's the best thing to do with everybody because there are some people that absolutely do not want that. I don't want that. When I came out of my first couple of floats, you know, I wanted to talk and that kind of thing, but, you know, that's I didn't really want to go too deep. I didn't want that, but Tom did that to me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, that's a, um, that, that's just something I, I just don't want to get into with people is um, trying to dig into their psychology and to it. From my understanding and my work that I've done, psychology is a piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, what I'm telling you is above psych- psychology. This is neurology. This is, again, you know, did you have to learn how to sweat? <laughs> you know, there's nothing psychological about that, you know. <clears throat> so so I, I can have that conversation if need be. But right. But again, it's still not. I'm not. I'm not doing therapy with people. Um, psych- psychological therapy to try to get into their inner workings of the mind. I'm only um, talking to them to to understand and, and and give them some guidance on what what tool to new- use next. Okay. Ah, all right. So you have uh, you have your center. I know you were you were telling me you have some projects in the work. I think you're you're, you're going to expand right and put more tanks in. I'm doing expansion. Um, again, where we are currently is just um, was just makeshift for the moment with the one tank. So the new location will have four tanks and nice. um, all the rest of our toys. So the rest that's that's really what we have here. We got this is basically a bunch of my toys. My mom said the other day, she said, "You just, this is just all your toys, and you just sharing <laughs> it with people." I said, "Yeah, pretty much." <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw that new toy of yours uh, you were talking about yeah. before. That, that that thing looks awesome. Yeah, ARX. It's amazing. It's adaptive resistance exercise. It's it's a ten minute workout. It totally ad- adapts at every range of motion, push or pull. So, if you're someone who's the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, you can come in and you know go balls out on it. Or I can take someone who has muscular dystrophy who can. Barely has muscle mass in their body and 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 work them out just as effectively. And wow, it's going to awesome. adapt. It's going to adapt to each individual based on their strength. And it works. And it works all the muscles. All the, the full the body. Full, you can do is is it's over twelve different exercises you can do on there. So so yes. And it's all and resistance it's, based, it's, so you can adjust, adjust it. it. Say that, that right? again. It's all resistance it's, based. It's, 
Yes. Uh, you know, non-weights, though. It's non-gravity. It's a non-gravity system. And this is why NASA has looked currently um, at the technology because, you know, when you're in space, you can't lift a weight. Right. <laughs> you know, no it's no gravity. So this system is a um, non-gravity bearing type of system. Ah. Non-weight. Non-weight based. Yeah. So no adjustments I need to make to put you on it or put Hardy on it. You get on it, and it's going to adapt to time. You get on it, Hardy is going to adapt to Hardy. So it would naturally lower down when Hardy got onto it. It wouldn't have to. Uh, <laughs> See, if, if he's not as gym, strong man. as you is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going to the gym, man. I wasn't the guy before, when I first floated. I'm two years floating right now. I've been going to the gym the last couple of months every day. Okay. Well, I might not it, have it, one of those toys yet, but now I'm thinking about it. Well, you know, and two, it, it gives you. It's not just that; it's just adaptive. That's not the, the that's that's the best thing uh, about it. But another aspect of it is just that it measures everything. So it has a screen, and it measures every push or pull. So when you come back, you know what you did last time, and you're trying to beat that score versus saying, "Well, what 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 did I pick up at the gym last time? What what I, what was I curling?" Oh, you don't wow. Know. So it actually gives you feedback Feed, right there oh, and wow. there. And yeah, absolutely. With me and my short-term memory, yeah, that definitely would help. <laughs> yeah, real-time feedback. That's awesome. Wow. So, I mean, can you just use that machine every day and not need to do any other workouts or no? You listen, don't? listen, you're not going to want to do it every day. There's <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's, it's no way. I did, I did two days uh, when I first got in and I, I slept <laughs> almost two days, so... <laughs> Oh wow! So ten minutes each day. I mean, lit, lit, literally from the first push, you say, "What the f?" <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're again, you're you're doing max effort at all times. So you you never done that before. So it's it's intense. You know, wow. I put my dad on it yesterday, and literally within three reps, he's done. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool, but and you're saying ten minutes a day is all you need. No, ten minutes for the week. That's what I'm saying. Ten minutes. See, that's the kind of thing that I need, man. I'm super busy. I got no time. <laughs> I barely even freaking sleep. You want me to exercise, Hardy? Hardy was concerned about me not going to the gym like he does, which I appreciate the concern for my well-being, <laughs> my friend. Uh, but you got, if you want me to do it, man, you got to get me one of these ten-minute machines, and then uh, I'm in. I, I think the reason gonna... why it's ten minutes again is because the intensity, the intensity of it. When you go to the gym. You know, um, you're not doing a max what you can do. You and, you're not, and you're not people you're not doing for two hours and for an hour and 15 minutes to just walking around, switching yeah, phones in their well, iPod and looking at their phone or taking selfies. And then uh, the rest of the, you know, maybe the other 45 minutes, 10 minutes of it, they're actually exercising. Uh, and they walk out with like, all right, I feel pretty good. And they're all like, you know, happy go lucky, which is good. That's the way you kind of want to feel. Well, why but are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I only go for an hour and a half. <laughs> but they definitely don't feel. Uh, the majority of people um, that I see that go to the gym, they leave. They definitely don't feel wiped, and they're definitely like, "All right, tomorrow I'm gonna be back, and I'll do legs." Well, uh, yeah, it's easy to come back tomorrow when you when you you left a lot of meat on a bone, right? <laughs> it's actually a pretty you know, good analogy. With, with this, you know, you all the meat is gone. You ate the bone, like you know, it's it's just done. So from the from the first push. So there's no let me warm build up to it. No, you're 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 going all out from the start. Ah, you're built up to it because it adapts to you. So no matter what level you're at, you're ready to start. 
Well, yeah, exactly. And then too, you know, you may start off um, doing a thousand pounds of force. You may end up doing a hundred because <laughs> as you fatigue, you know. By the seventh but, rep, you just caked. And you just can't even barely even move the bar. Well, but yeah, by the time it gets to a hundred, it doesn't even matter. You're so you're so taxed that that hundred feels like a thousand because you, you know you're still lifting. Yeah. So you don't need spotters and things of that nature. You don't have to worry about weights falling on you. There it is, Hardy. There it is. I think it's actually they're actually installing one in New York soon. I think so. I know right. Christmas is coming around the corner, and Tom's got to get me a gift anyways. So. Oh, jeez. I see. Is it available on uh, on Amazon Prime? Can, can I get it on Prime? <laughs> Free shipping? No. <laughs> Free shipping. That's what awesome, o- though. What other toys you got? Um, we got we have the uh, power plate. That's a whole body vibration device, um, and that's really good too for uh, you know building muscle and flexibility. A lot of the athletes use that and around the country so just about right now and every athletic facility in terms of uh professional sports yeah it's starting to really uh it's starting to take off because people are realizing how you know how much more of a workout you get when you're on the plate and you're doing whatever workout you're doing they have like whole yeah. body ones right you just stand on it, you do whatever exercise you're going to do but you're on this plate is that right right exactly so i'll take you through about 15 different um exercises and it's about a 15-minute workout, and you're done as well. But you do that three times a week. <clears throat> so we have that. And then the way that we, we, we want to track and measure how a person's improving. So we have the uh, Fit3D scanner that takes uh, 450 pictures of your body circumference and stitches it together to give you a, a 3D avatar reading with along with your measurements side by side. So... As you're going along your journey, you're not using scale weight to see how you're progressing. Scale weight is the worst way to try to tell, you know, what's happening to your body composition. Hmm. So with this, you, again, I had a, a lady working out with me for three months. She maybe lost five pounds. She was frustrated. On that third month, if you looked at all the, the inches she lost over the month, the months, you know, she could have quit because five pounds wasn't a lot. But... It was five pounds of fat, you know, probably probably five pounds of fat, then actually add muscle. Mm-hmm. So looking at the scale is the is just the worst way. It's gonna it's gonna leave you defeated. Right. Specifically for women who do that often. And she was looking at the scale daily, what I told her not to do. So to throw the scale away, stop looking at it. Right. It's kinda like <laughs> one of those things like the numbers lie. Like, listen, you're you may not be losing weight, but you're you're you know, you're looking good because you're losing the fat and you're gaining muscle and it's, right, so it it offsets, yeah. you know. Um, so you, you can't look at that as a good good way to measure. So all these tools we have uh, under one roof is because people will come in and, you know, um, they want to lose weight, but okay, why are you at the size that you're at now? Let's let's take care of the stress. Right, what got you here? All right, not just let's just go to the you know start lifting and moving. You you've done that, <laughs> people who you've done a lot of that. So let's let's get to the heart of the matter. Let's get to the root of the matter, which is your brain and your body that's holding all this stress and trauma patterns. From there, you can begin dealing with the uh, the external. All right. Oh, I got a question. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and this actually just it just came up when you were talking about the vibration plates. And as a float center owner, I just have to know how the hell do you uh, <laughs> how do you have a vibration plate and a float tank next to each other and not have an issue with hearing it or feeling it or anything like that? Like, they're 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 far enough from each other where um, you don't hear it. And I keep the I keep this frequency at thirty five hertz. You can hear it. Okay. So I keep the frequency down to thirty hertz. Okay. That's- I've I've heard it before. Someone I've been in the tank and I heard this vibration. I'm like, no, can't do thirty five hertz. Um, I know what you were just at, but it's too much. <laughs> That's the yeah. So it it, it definitely it, you definitely hear it. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember you were telling me something um, a while ago. You said you, you floated a, a bunch of days. Was it 25 or 40 days in a row? Yeah, 33 days. 33 days. Was that like, uh, did you pick that beforehand? No. I mean, I didn't have a a number in mind. I just knew that I was going to float um, every day until I got tired of floating. <laughs> so 33rd day, I just, you know, just decided not to go in. I just wanted to start to taper off to see you know how it would feel after that i think uh i think six is like my most in a row i think only like six maybe seven days in a row um Mm -hmm. and it was kind of the same thing i wanted to do it like every day and i was like all right i'm gonna stop when i'm done and that's it i just stopped when i was finished you know like i kind of knew i hit my point and i just didn't float one day and then i maybe floated the next day like day eight um Mm -hmm. And then I took a couple of days off and kind of weed myself down to like once or twice a week, like I do now. So, uh, like, how'd you guys, how'd you feel after 33 days? Like, what did you notice? That was such a blur, really. Um, <laughs> Short term memory the, loss, for the most, huh, David. Huh? <laughs> Short term memory loss. No, I mean, it, you got a lot of emotions that come up during that time. Um, so I think I became I since I floated so much I start actually forgot how it feels to just be um any type of stress. Right. You kind of didn't let anything bother you. <laughs> no, people kept I had so many people commenting like, "Wow, like look at you." <laughs> like and I was just like, "What? Look at me. Look at down. Look at look, look at me. Like what? What's different, you know?" Right. But when you start taking the time off now, I float like once or twice a week, and um, you get back to that point, you build up, and you say, "Yeah, I need, I need to float, mm-hmm. to float." Um, but morning floats, uh, I was floating every morning, and my days just they just went by like you know without any hitch. Yeah, I absolutely find the same thing when I float uh, earlier in the day or in the morning, first thing or whatever it is. Uh, the whole day after that is usually pretty, pretty level. Even if something comes up, you know, so pain in some kind of situation, it's usually I'm alright with dealing with it. It's easier mm-hmm. to handle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go float. I'm gonna try to float like a hundred days in a row. Oh no, I said on the float cast, now I'm gonna have to do it. Yeah, well, I tried to go for 66, and I got up to like day 28, and. Just stopped again. <laughs> yeah. I, so I've done I've done multiple times where I did like, you know, a lot of days in a row. Um, you know, I I would like to if there's some type of way to really measure uh, what's happening in the brain and the body during that time. 
And if, you know, if I held on to any of that, that would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, but, you can give like the, uh, you know, how you feel, your subjective feedback, kind of like how you feel. But that's, right. uh, you know, if you had some solid numbers to back everything, definitely need some data up, on that. Yeah. You know. It'd be nice to um, create some type of sensors that maybe lay in the tank that can tell water movement. You know, kind of like these these sensors that you place on your bed for when you go to sleep. Mm-hmm. They can tell, you know, if you're in REM sleep based on the, you know, the movement of the mattress based on you moving at night. So, if you if the water is moving a lot, you know, obviously we know you're not relaxed. Yeah, I <laughs> I still pretty almost every float I still have the. Uh... You know, I have like a jolt. My leg will like kick up and out of the water or something like that, or like a spasm. I don't know how to describe it. Um, almost every float, it happens to me. Usually early that's on. A, I think that's a neurogenic uh, release that you're you're dealing with. So that's that's why you see most people when they have that that shake, mm-hmm. that tremor. That jerk. That's a uh, that's a neurogenic re- release that the body is going through. And that's that's based on uh, David Berselli's work. I've I've been doing trauma release for the last again. That's probably about nine years now as well. <clears throat> and that's one of the, the body's ways of naturally releasing the tension and trauma from the body is to tremor. See, you know it's funny. Hardy and I spoke about this before, and uh, I kind of said to him like, I I don't know, man. I just kind of feel like it's the body getting rid of some bad shit. Like I don't, I don't really know how to describe it, but like I just feel like it's like bad energy or whatever it is, just getting getting out of me. Like it feels good oh, yeah. when I do it. It's almost I, like a I've steam. had some very deep sessions where my body just basically lifted up out of the water and splashed back into the water, <laughs> almost like old splash up. Yeah, like it's almost like some entity was lifting you up, you know, and this you just splash back. And but that's that's the body, you know, going through this this process of releasing. I've seen it. I've seen it in brain training for years. Huh. I'll wow. come in in a room and people say, "Yeah, my my leg was shaking." Yeah, that's the body releasing. That's interesting. I had a I had a client who was t- telling me that he thinks he was uh you know we were calling it twitching or jerking, and huh? um, he he uh he he was saying how he was a uh, he learned under a yogi and and uh, the yogi told him that when your body twitches or jerks like that, it's just releasing bad habits. Hmm. And it was pretty interesting when he told me that. I was, and now it kind of relates. So the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, again, energy can never be destroyed. It can only be transformed. So if that's the way that the body can dissipate that energy, that's what's going to happen. You're going to tremor. You're going you're to cry. You're going to vomit. You know, those are all the ways that the body's trying to re- um, Regulate itself. So basically, those twitches, those jerks, those tremors, if you're listening out there, they're good for you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> look up Google trauma release exercises by David Berselli and look at some of the videos. You would think people were possessed. But what it is, again, it's the body. So again, go back to your childhood. Go back even to the womb. Things that's you know, stuck in the body that's what causes a lot of the health issues but when that releases a lot of it is is tremor based and again you go back down to the whole nausea vomiting tears you know <clears throat> a lot of those emotions start to surface and and I've experienced that in the tank both the emotions and the um and the nausea vomiting thing as well 
Yeah, yeah. I've had uh, I definitely had much more emotional. I'd say maybe once or twice I got like a little bit, a little bit nauseous. Um, but I definitely have had a couple experiences where it was like emotional. Uh, one or two where like I actually had to get out. It was like, all right, I'm done with this load. I'm getting out. Not that I didn't want to deal with it, but it was just like, uh, kind of like what just came up or what what I was thinking about. Like it's like it was so like uh, you know it was so much. I was like, all right, let me just go and kind of process this and get out and kind of sit on this for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. But it was good, you know. It was definitely a good feeling, a good release, or, or a good—I don't know how to describe it. Good, good to think about. Catharsis. It's catharsis, man. That that releasing of those emotions, mm-hmm. you know, is is good. But you know, a lot of us too, we've held back tears. Think about it, you know, specifically too. A lot of times, it's not about a holding back like. I'm trying to. So I don't mean that by like I'm consciously, I'm just not going to cry. A lot of that is freeze. When you see people who can't, who, who don't have any emotional response to something, they're just frozen. Oh, so they're not just jerks. They just like deal with no. it in their own way. No, they're frozen. Huh. Frozen. Yeah, frozen. Not like the movie. But <clears throat> so, yeah, that's, 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 they're not just jerks. And then some people, so you have people who are overwhelmed and you have people who are underwhelmed. The freeze people are underwhelmed. They barely feel anything. That's why you even have, you've heard of people cutting themselves before, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, lack of lack of feeling. So, and then you take someone who's like the, the soldier or the or someone who's, you know, over-emotional, burning cars and, you know, keying cars. Right. You know, that type of population, you know, Um uh, that's that's in deep in fight or flight. They they they're not even use any type of rationale. Like, oh, if I blow up this car, I may go to jail. It, it, consciously, I don't care. I'm just going into using this again as fight or flight energy to protect. Jeez. So most criminals who are who mass murderers and things like that, they're in freeze. To them, they'll go kill someone and eat a sandwich. What's the big deal? They don't feel so. It's almost like they're not even present in the world. Like they, they like the the world is one big video game. Huh. Like you, you, it's like non-reality. Jeez, that's scary. That is pretty scary. But it's really interesting at the same time. It's like it's it's freaking fascinating. Yeah. You can you can look up Doctor Robert Scare, uh, Doctor Peter Levine, Doctor David Bracelli. All these guys are um, the guys, you know, that I that I listen to, and um, I'm pretty close to David Bracelli. He created a trauma release, and he goes around the world doing trauma release with uh, in different <clears throat> countries. Has been like uh, that's had a lot of trauma from war, and it's the same. It's the same thing across the board, man. We're all suffering from these traumas. And we don't, again, we don't know what we're dealing with. So when people come in, you kind of have to educate them on what's happening for them. This is That's why floating is not, that's why it makes so much sense. Yeah. Why it makes a lot of sense. It makes so much sense for your body to jerk. It makes so much sense, you know, because your body is holding all the, the trauma, you know. And in the Epsom salt, which is getting into the musculature of the body where the emotions are stored, right? Yeah, common sense, right? Yeah, yeah. In a stressful situation, you tense up. Your muscles all tense up, I guess, in that 
Yeah, when you start to release, the emotions start to flood. <clears throat> wow, that does make sense. So think about a, um, you know, think about a clogged up sink. When you when you unclog it, all of a sudden there's a there's a rush of the water. Well, think about the rush of emotions that's buried within your body. And oftentimes people, a lot of times people don't even want to want to engage into it because the emotions are so overwhelming that they literally feel like they may die if they express their emotions. Because it's so much, it's so much of a backlog of it. Just so much, so much things that are built up that they just never, yeah. they just held yeah. on to it this whole time. Well, and, and too, and that's when we talk about, again, uh, we have to understand in, in, in other cultures, ancient cultures, they, they knew how to uh, deal with stress and trauma. Um, not like our culture. You know, everything is water under the bridge or, you know, time heals wounds. Time does not heal wounds at all. Time plus tools will help the, the wounds heal. But this time itself, no. So, um, you know, we, we have to start to understand, have a better understanding of what's, what's happening to us. Jeez. And that's, and that's really what the, the floating industry is, is doing in a sense. A lot of people may not even know this is what they're doing <laughs> as a person just get into the tank and get out. Right. We just laid in some water, you know? Yeah. A lot of people have, uh, have asked me about maybe like, Oh, you know, if you ever need anybody to help you out, let me know. You know, I could definitely just sit there and answer phones and clean up rooms and stuff and talk to people. I'm like, yeah, it's a little more than that, though. I mean, I'm not saying you can't do that. Obviously, you can, but, like, there's a lot more to it than that. It's not It's not just talking to people like a throwaway line. You know, it's, it can be, you know, for some people, it's pretty important. Of, of You just sometimes you just sit there and shut up and let them talk. You know, it's 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 not just an easy... Well, you, you better watch out, though, because you may get a float center burnout. You heard that? Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I'm not too familiar with that. What's that? Float center well, there's this there's this thing where people feel like when people come out of the float tank because they're talking to you or whatever about their situations that eventually you that kind of gets on you and strikes some chord in your brain or your mind that over time you begin to burn out. You know, I don't. It's uh, it's it's an interesting idea. I'm I'm not saying it's not true. I'm not saying it's well, true. I don't. This is this is what it is. I'll tell you, because I you know I've, I've had someone who who was concerned about my my health based on that right mm -hmm. this float center burnout idea. Okay, and they were they were really adamant. Like, hey, you you got to really learn this stuff about the kind of like the John Liddy meta programming stuff because you you may suffer from flow center burnout you know this happens so much and so i listened mm -hmm. and my my response was you have to understand for the last eight years with me working with people with uh the neurotechnology i saw people every day for five days straight for over two hours a day and you want to talk about people coming out talking about their traumas. I've heard everything you can think of that you never heard of before. And if I haven't burnt out in eight years of doing that, floating, they come out of the tank and they say, I say, how you feel? 
I feel great. That was awesome. Okay. Bye. <laughs> that's, that's our conversation. I hear, I used to hear, oh, yeah, um, my son committed suicide. He shot himself with a shotgun. Oh, yeah, uh, my daughter burned down the house, and the dad and the dog was in the house, and the house burned down, and they, they both died. These are stories that I hear, right? <laughs> so I, I think I'm going to be okay. Yeah, if you made it this far. It, it's... But what we call that, what we call that, and they may use different terms, but what we call that is vicarious trauma. When you do hear these stories, absolutely, vicariously, you can begin picking up the energy on, from these stories. So, and I see it happen a lot of times with first-time responders and people who are, um, uh, you know, I've seen law enforcement, judges, things of that nature. They hear these stories on a daily basis that it does begin to affect them and, and create cause a vicarious trauma or, or compassion fatigue. So that is a real thing. It's just for me, you know, hearing people come out of the float tank and say, yeah, I feel good. That's not <laughs> something that's going to really. Right, right. Kind of like you made it this far. I've, I've, yeah. I'll be all right. I, I feel good when people come out and say they feel good. I feel better. So if I'm getting any, I'm not getting no float center burnout. I'm doing the opposite. Well, well yeah, because you, I mean, people aren't coming out telling you, you know, their worst nightmares, you know, no. their worst trauma. So, but, but if you sit down and you start diving into those things with people, yes, that's, that could possibly happen to you. Man, this guy's a scuba diver. I'm telling you one day. <laughs> he uh yeah hardy hardy gets deep sometimes i'll definitely uh i'll definitely say that yeah i dive right in man <laughs> jumping in that ocean <laughs> they come out of there they want to talk i'm ready i'm ready to listen mm. you know i said if they want yeah yeah there there's people here that sit here for hours sometimes i don't mind it no i love it i don't know all right david i hate to cut this off man but i didn't yeah. realize the time it was eleven. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us man David McCullough Appreciate from it. the uh, Neuro... Did I say that right, McCullough? Yes. Uh, from the NeuroFit Center uh, in Detroit. Uh, what's your contact info there, David? My email, david at neurofitcenter.com. Website, neurofitcenter.com. Those are the best ways to reach me. All right, awesome. Awesome. David, it was great having you on the Flowcast, man. Yeah, for sure. Once we, uh, we'll, we'll be launching our Ann Arbor office here sometime in the next um 45 days or so wow and um that's that that facility will have again the four tanks cryotherapy and all of our other toys so from that point maybe i uh give you guys an update on how we're doing with that yeah absolutely man I, i'd love to hear uh once you put the cryotherapy place in i would love to hear people's feedback that have done both um yeah you know just to, I, obviously it's a very different modality but it's kind of this it's the same idea in that it's it's very uh you know not a lot of people know about it <laughs> right well it's a it's an anti-inflammation you know tool mm-hmm. so people with pain you know again floating helps with pain but that's just an adjunct for us um you know the bread and the butter is is, is, is the floating and, and the brain training for us that's where that's where most people are getting their their help if you got pain yeah we can deal with that if you don't want to get wet <laughs> you know <laughs> jump in the crowd therapy chamber Awesome. All right, man. Thanks again for joining us, Hardy. David, keep doing your thing, man. 
and I'll be talking to you soon. Quick question, guys. Yeah, sure. What would you think about the New York Times article? Uh, I didn't think it was very good. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't share it. No, yeah. no. I'm happy, I mean, they uh, just they just they harped on a, like a few negative things, and yeah, they actually made that title the the header of the Facebook um, when they posted. I said, why Why would you point that one sentence out? What was the sentence that they pointed out? Sentence was was that I felt like I was laying in a sewer. Oh, fuck. oh yeah, that line was horrible. That's not like okay. so. My thought first thought was. Who the hell lays in sewers yeah, to even know what it feels like to lay in a sewer? I'm not really uh, – I don't, I don't know exactly what center they went to. This is actually something I wanted to bring up, and I'm kind of happy you did. Uh, I don't know what center they went to or whatever it is, but I can tell you this. If they – if whoever was floating in there, whoever did the article, if, if where they were lying in, they, it smelled like a locker room, I think they said in the article, or like a mm-hmm. something like that, or a gym or gym whatever. That means that whatever tank that they were in or pod or float room or whatever um, is not being cleaned properly, more than likely above the water line. It's probably – it may not be the water. It's probably the area above the water line, um, right. which would consist of obviously spraying down the walls with peroxide and wiping them down. It's got to be done a couple times a week. We do it here a couple times a week. Everybody really should. Um, but if this, if you're in a place and it smells like that, that's what the issue is. So whoever yeah. the article was in that article, I don't know who – uh, but if you're hearing this, that that's the problem. So go. Yeah, go I've, I've never shit. I've never heard of the inside of the tank smelling like a sewer. No, now, I've had people say, "Well, what does that smell?" I'm say, "Well, that's a thousand pounds of Epsom salt." <laughs> like, if you you ever smelled that before? <laughs> yeah. Smell like, you know, it's it's not a bad smell, but it is a different smell. Yeah, it's yeah. Su- it's concentrated salt. So, yeah, and yeah. not to mention not to if. Uh, uh, if some if places some use, use ozone as like as a, a form of uh, sanitation and it don't really do the right thing right with clearing out clearing the air, air, some people walk in smelling that, um, uh, which yeah, is a very another thing. distinct thing. Or, or even um, the chlorine. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, you'll you know, know that right away. So, so you know, it's it, it's a lot of different things, but I've I've never heard that before and for them to use that as a the header um i just thought that was it makes me think how much uh are they uh funded by some type of pharmaceutical company or you know yeah really i I did not enjoy seeing that either man uh i I was very happy for my friends aaron and dan at flotation locations for getting their name mentioned on there awesome for them uh but damn I, i really wish that there were some things that were left out of that article, or at least worded differently. Um, a sewer. What does a sewer smell like exactly? Like you're a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Like, uh, yeah, I think everybody knows what a sewer smells like. I think that was the that's the problem <laughs> with it, with them saying that. Um, but like you know, the, the problem is that that I have with it is that something like that, it for the most part is usually a, a fairly easy issue to correct if, if you know how to correct it. So I'm just hoping that. It gets corrected. Only because, you know, aside from anything else, anybody that goes in there, you no, know, not even reading the article, anybody that just goes in there to float is going to come out and be like, oh, that, that was kind of cool, but the place stunk. Literally, it smelled. Right. Um, you're planting you're planting something in their minds that may not even be there, or be an issue, a non-issue again. Yeah. So, so, you know, but I think the article, I, I, didn't, I didn't share it and, and won't share it. So. No, no, I won't be doing neither myself. <laughs> Happy they, they say, they say you know, there's there's no such thing as bad publicity, though, but 
but in this case, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, not I, that one. yeah, I'm gonna have to. I agree with you completely on that one. And, and when I first saw it, I was like, New York Times, great. Never mind. <laughs> Forget <laughs> it. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. All right, yeah, David. One of my partner sent it to me. He said, "I didn't like the dirty socks smell." And I'm, what were you talking about? I read it. So, oh, here we go. Oh uh, no, that's not a good start. No. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, man. We will check you later. Good, thanks David. a lot for joining us again. Yep. Everybody, thanks for listening. And yep, take uh, care. Take care of yourselves. Keep your tanks clean and stay salty. Take care, friends. All right. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye.